it's a fine balance. And I think that's where I'm like, what does a relationship look like? What does, you know, being friends look like? What does any sort of connection look like? But I also feel like it's really important to maintain a positive environment for yourself, which is why I've kind of been approaching the apps in a different way, approaching dating in a different way, because I don't want to constantly be thinking about the next swipe or if someone's messaged me or not. Hello and welcome to the podcast, another episode of Queerly Overthinking. My name is Adam Harper. Uh-uh, what? You're what? Move out of the way. Yeah, I'm taking over. Hey, everybody. It's Cass Cooper, the producer of Queerly Overthinking, and today I am taking over for Adam. We are putting him in the hot seat, and we are going to ask all the questions about online dating, what kind of man Adam is looking for, how to slide into his DMs, and everything that has to do with intimacy and healthy boundaries. Stay tuned. First of all, Adam, I am so, so excited that you let me take over for this episode because, you know, I like asking all the good questions. So how are you? Oh my God. I'm really good. I'm really excited. Are you ready? I'm ready, but I'm also super (laughs) nervous because I know that you are quick to the point. And yeah, I mean, obviously we've done an episode together already, but like you are somebody who loves to ask the the really quick and deep and all-knowing questions. (laughs) Yes. I, and I think one of the things that as we've gone through this journey of producing this podcast um, for you and with you is you say a lot of things, but like there's always a little bit more. So I hope that this episode we can get a little bit deeper, especially on the, so I met a boy, what you think about things, um, how dating is going for you. Because I really think that your story can activate other people and be encouraging to folks. So hopefully that shines through, through all the things that we talk about. I hope so too. I'm really excited to dig a little bit deeper into this episode. You're totally right. I oftentimes will kind of touch on little points here and there, but I have, after hearing from you and others, you're like, oh, we want the juicy details. We want the meat. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> um, so are you ready? I'm going to start with a few questions and we'll just see where the conversation goes from there. Cool. I'm so ready. Love it. Okay. So in the first part of this episode, you talked a lot about like online dating and online dating culture um, and how it's so different from straight dating culture. And you also, one of the things I want to start with is safety, right? Like we're meeting people online, you know, what does that look like? And I personally think you have some great rules for keeping yourself safe when you're dating online. So I kind of want to start with that one about like, what are your rules, your, your parameters, your boundaries when it comes to online dating? Cause I think a lot of people need to hear that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. Well, I think that's really kind of you to say that. And I'm glad that they've been helpful for you and for anybody else that I've shared them with. Like, I think it's been a collective effort of things that I've learned from others, things that I've, you know, utilized technology to help cultivate a safer dating experience. A lot of it's come with trial and error, to be honest. Um, some people are wild out here, you know, very much spur of the moment. And I don't know if people have fully realized that 
dating and hookups and things like that are only like a couple steps away from becoming the next Netflix documentary. So that is certainly <laughs> something that I am trying to be aware of. <laughs> yeah, let's do our best to not be on the next Netflix documentary. I always have that in the back of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> is this the way that I die? Let's pray, let's pray tell not. Okay, so let's get to the like what is what are the tools? So number one tool that you told me when I started online dating was coffee dates. Like that is yes. like your your go-to, right? And tell us the reason why. Well, I actually I think I learned this from a collection of friends where it's like one hour less than ten dollars is typically what I prefer to devote to like a first time interaction with someone. And that really is also like the figuring out are they stable enough or they someone that I want to keep having an interaction with. Um, and then if you want, it can extend past an hour if you want. But at the same time, always good to have a backup plan to exit out. Like I need to go run this errand or have an appointment afterwards or I need to fold my sock drawer or something like that. But <laughs> um, that certainly is, I think my preference these days is I do like meeting people for a drink or a coffee. Um, I'd, I don't really do meals unless if I've known this person for a little bit longer and like, hey, let's actually spend more money and more time to eat and hang out and spend time. But along with that, I also do my best to share my location with friends who I trust with my location and just let them know, hey, I'm going out. This is where I'll be. This is where my location will be. Um, the name of the person I'm meeting and potentially a picture if I can provide that. I just feel like you can never be too careful when meeting people online. I do think, in my opinion, I think femme presenting individuals have a harder time with like safety because there's so many crazy people out there. But I will also say that mass presenting folks should equally be aware of their safety as well because the risks are, you know, in dating, it's risky to date, especially random people yeah. that you meet online. You know, this isn't Craigslist. This isn't, you know, AOL. You know, we're, we are advancing on how we meet with people, but at the same time, it's still a risk. Yeah. And I think being aware of those risks um, and the rewards potentially behind it. But I also love the, the intimacy of um, or the potential, I'm going to say potential intimacy of a coffee date. Um, but also having that boundary of like, I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of money because if this person doesn't pan out, then I don't want to feel like I invested all this money and time. And so I like that idea. And then also I love that, like, okay, have something to do after, whether it be like go to a movie. Cause that can also be something that you do with the person like, Oh, Hey, I was thinking about going to this movie now that we had coffee. Like, do you want to come and, um, extend the date and like extend the connection? I think that's really cool. So speaking of intimacy, let's just go, let's get into it. What is intimacy to you? Like, what is that? You talked a little bit about like how growing up Mormon and being, uh, not really having like good queer um, representation and understanding like what intimacy looks like for folks um, who are experiencing the world like you, like what does intimacy mean to you? now adam harper and the year of our lord 2023 like, what's up? <laughs> no i totally love this question and you're the, the way you phrase that too of like what does it mean to me now in 2023 i feel like this definition has really changed a lot for me over the last i mean months years you know decade whatever you want to call it intimacy i think 
stems in so many different directions, especially with like, let's start with friendships first. I would say that it's allowing someone into your life. And I want to go deeper by saying my therapist and I talked about how it doesn't always have to be related to something deep or traumatic that happened to you that you open up and share with this person. Being intimate can be sharing a, a song that's really important to you and bringing someone into your living space to show them like how you operate your life and your routines and your habits and it could be carving out time to see or spend time with them you know so it's like showing that level of intimacy that level of inclusion in your life I think is a definition for me for that within a friendship and then in a relationship I would say all of the above could apply but I'd also tie in more of like the physical aspect of intimacy I would say that I find myself leaning more intimately with my friends because they're the ones that I've been cultivating relationships over time with. But at the same time, with someone new, I think I tend to lean on my friends more than I would a new potential love interest because it's like I'm building that vulnerability yeah. and intimacy with them by showing them my life, by showing them the pieces that make up my life, not just the traumatic parts that have left me to go to therapy. <laughs> well, as someone who is doing life with you and running alongside you, I do notice that like your your friend friends are your people. Those are your family. Like you go to bat for them, you show up for us, like you help us move and you watch our dogs and you like allow yourself to be vulnerable and show vulnerability with us and stuff. However, you're very quick, my friend, and this is a read for oh. sure. Oh no. I love you. I love you so much. But, and you're very quick to say, I don't want to invest that time and energy with someone who you could also be potentially physically intimate with. Do you know that about yourself? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Oh my god, girl, you're so, reading me. <laughs> I, I mean, it's all in love. Like, let's just be real. Like, but like, what what do you think that that is about? Like, I I watch you with your friends, and you're so on top of it, and so like in the moment with us. But then you go on a ten minute date over coffee, and you're like, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Famous last words. Famous first words because you don't even get to the last word. Anyway. <laughs> so like what what about like your journey like hesitates you? Because I feel like other people probably have that same experience, right? Like mm -hmm. you get to the point where you're like your friends are your people. They're your family. They're the people you do life with. And it's like, mm, do I really want to let somebody else into that? And how are they going to mix with these friends and family and all these, and do I want to open myself up in this way that's also physical? Right, right. I totally hear you. And I mean, to answer that, I would say it's something that I'm currently unpacking probably of mm. expectations, hopes for whatever person you're getting to know, and also the societal pressures of dating and of what that looks like. And so I would say, I think... <laughs> it's probably because I'm like, I just met this person. I don't really know them that well. But then if I think about it in a romantic relationship context, it's like, you know, maybe I've just been burned enough to the point where I'm like, I'm willing to show up. Cause I remember you saying not only during this podcast, but in other conversations that we've had of, you know, I'm so willing to accept and embrace 
such a diverse set of people but then when it comes to like dating and such like if they <laughs> i mean i'm reading myself right now if they don't like meet some certain criteria then i'm like mm, nope nope next we're done you know but like i'm not trying to say that in a shallow way of like oh you have to look like tall dark and handsome dreamy man and you're out of like a you know well-paying job or whatever it's like i i think part of me is thinking that relationships this is this is where i'm deconstructing this yeah relationships don't have to immediately hit that same level of your intimate friendships it's like your intimate friendships did not start there they started as like you and i we met at a random like church event uh even though we're not churchgoers anymore yes. um <laughs> but like we refer to sl- previous episodes for the story there. <laughs> yes, thank you. exactly and like from there we slowly got to know each other we went out and had some wine and some coffee and we yeah. then got to know each other and our like i got to know you and your your kiddo and you know it built over time and i think there's an expectation, especially with the instant gratification of dating apps that, oh, we just connected, we should have so much in common by now. But I think myself included, there's a lot of deconstruction around you really should just take your time and get to know somebody and have fun in the moment doing the thing. But this has been a recent development, thanks to not only my therapist, to you and others who have like helped me slowly start to unpack this. (laughs) Listen, as the resident cishet on the <laughs> call right now on the f- podcast right now i recognize that like we the idea of dating is so foreign to so many people like i think that like we're so quick to like jump into a relationship and jump into like what does this mean and where is this going and i'm going to spend my entire life with this person and you know all these other, there's all these societal expectations and i don't know that that's from the femme presenting cishet side of the street, right? Like it's like this expectation that you're supposed to like have the partner husband person, and then you're supposed to do the kids and then you're supposed to do this and da, 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 da. And you jump into that relationship when it's like, you haven't seen really anything about them. Like you don't know anything yet. Letting things like unfold and like have some time and, I think it's just so healthy, right? But in like transactional quick date culture, it makes it a lot harder because our worlds are so like just conflated to like quick interactions that, oh my gosh, this is the love of my life. It's like you've known them like for like three days. A hundred percent, a hundred percent goal. And I mean, you bring up a really good point about it feeling transactional in a way. I just feel like, we need to be more upfront about what we're wanting and expecting mm. per se, but also we shouldn't be putting a lot of expectations on people or ourselves in dating. I think there's a lot of that going around. I also feel like, as mentioned, we're conditioned to jump from point A to Z and start future planning with someone if we have any sort of spark or connection with them. But I feel like for me, I, I'm really trying to f- show up as not my best self but as my favorite self so that way mm, like, i love like, that i love thank that you. thank you uh, credit to my I'm therapist stealing that. <laughs> let's hear it for therapy again let's hear it for therapy <laughs> snaps snaps i i often ask myself like who is my favorite self when i put on a cute outfit and when i put on my favorite cologne and i go out to a favorite restaurant and have a, my favorite drink favorite meal or if i 
am going out and being curious, like who is that person that comes out when mm-hmm. I'm allowing myself to be that kind of childlike curiosity uh, mindset. So Yeah. And <laughs> it almost like becomes like an extension of who you are, right? Like you're that person inside somewhere and it's like a, just a different or more, more uh, direct extension of who you already are. Let's talk about grinder, hinge, scruff, like all the things. What's on your phone right now? Be honest. <laughs> Do I need to like screenshot what's actually on my phone and show Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I need receipts. Like oh tell me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but well. you 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 specifically said that you took 90 days off of online dating, which I think is extremely healthy, right? Like we all need a break of all the things. Like highly recommend take a little time all that stuff. And then you came back to it and then you went off of it and then you came back to it. And so like, where are we, where are we now? What's happening? Well, if you must know, you know, I truly don't have anything on my phone as of recording this podcast. (laughs) As of recording this podcast. (laughs) Okay. That's honest. But I will say that I recently did go to San Francisco um, and I did download Grindr and Scruft on my phone for that weekend and, you know, had a fun, fun weekend. But a fun weekend. Same. Like, was there (laughs) what made it fun? I told everybody I'd get the hot tea. So you better tell me something. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm going to get you for this. (laughs) You let me take over. I, I mean, you know. So you went to San Francisco, you downloaded Scruff and, Scruff and Grinder, and you had a little en- entree, as the I did, say. I did. Good. Well, I mean, with a French man, you know, so, I mean. Wait! Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose! With a oh, French man? God. Oh, tell me more. I'm I'm a little jealous. Not going <laughs> to lie. But go ahead, um, keep going. Well, I mean, as anyone who's familiar with San Francisco knows that it's like a gay capital and, you know, it's basically, you turn a corner and there's 50 million gays, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, well, and the first Pride marches were in San Francisco in the ni- in 1970. Very true. Very true that. Mm-hmm. And I think New York. San Francisco, New well. York, and um, Chicago. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I actually, I, wanted, I really want to go to uh, Chicago, but not to like deflect any questions over here. Um, we can go I, to Chicago Pride anytime. I went to school there and it's the, probably, it's so fun. It's so I, fun. I really want to go. I think I was yeah. torn between that and San Francisco this year. So I picked San Francisco, but I think I'm doing Chicago next year. <laughs> For sure. Okay. I'm putting it on my calendar. See you all at Chicago Pride. Can't wait. 2024. <laughs> here we come. Um, but no, I had a little fun. I mean, it had been a while since I had, you know, been physically intimate with anybody. So that was definitely mm-hmm. nice to be quote unquote, you know, <laughs> worship. Service. The- <laughs> Service. Service. <laughs> oh worship my God. is oh my better. God. Um, is the man worshiping you? I mean, I just think of the Lizzo song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I just grabbed my pearls. I'm very <laughs> clutch them, girl. No. Clutch those pearls. And <laughs> <laughs> all honestly, that's what everybody deserves. You need somebody to like worship you, but you followed your safety guidelines, right? Like you let people know where you were, you like all the things, and then you got like this cool experience. I think that's great. So we were talking about the apps and what's on your phone and all the stuff. So as of recording this podcast, you have nothing on your apps but are on your phone. But previously you did, and you were very fulfilled by that experience, it sounds like. 
Yes. And so between this episode and the last episode, I genuinely, you know, did not have any on my phone at the time. And I also am not trying to hold myself to that by any means. In the last episode, I did talk about like, when I travel, I will likely have those more geolocation based apps to find people in a quicker setting. So that way it's like, hey, you're here. I'm here. Are you here for travel? Are you here for convention? Like, do you want to grab a coffee? Do you want to hang up? Or not hang up, hook up. <laughs> um, but I also recently tested out Tinder and Hinge because I, as mentioned in the previous episode, I felt very much commodified in a way. And it just kind mm-hmm. of made me feel like I was giving a very brief kind of pinhole glimpse into my life. And I didn't really like that at all. So Something that I tried to adjust my thinking with that is if I had the urge to go on, I would ask Siri, hey, set a timer for 10 minutes. And so within the first 10 minutes, I would respond to any new messages. And with any remaining time, I would then swipe. That's cool. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I would never even think of that to like put yourself on a time limit to like, again, reinforce your own boundary, right? And then to like, eliminate the the what is it the rolodex rolling scroll um casino effect of being on the apps that is such a great point that is really an honest like modern day you know slot machine essentially because you you (laughs) never know if it's like oh jackpot you got a swipe you got a match or whatever and i mean these people out here making these dating apps you know i just I think they're preying on love and people wanting a connection. And, you know, I have paid for apps in the past, but I refuse to pay for them now just because I feel like I'm just giving my money away versus, uh, you know, I just, I don't do that anymore. But um, I will say that after a while I started to get bored and didn't feel like I was making a lot of headway recently in the last Mm. like couple of weeks of testing it out and just seeing how this new way of approaching it would work for me. So while I did end up, saying like, hey, to a couple people and giving them my numbers and like, I'm actually going to take a break from the apps. Here's my number. Reach out to me if you want to grab a coffee. You know, I'm just like very direct, like, here you go. You, the ball's in your court. Um, yeah. I have had a few people reach out. So like, it'll be interesting to see where things go. And I'm making uh, new connections and not only like seeing where it goes and allowing it to just grow into whatever it's doing. This is all very new territory for me, allowing whatever happens happens kind of a thing because it's very not what I used to think of oh my gosh it has to go somewhere or oh it's not going to go anywhere (laughs) yeah well I think it goes back to what you said before of like giving things to the evolution right you don't like you know jump into these fully intimate and vulnerable relationships with people that's really not physically emotionally or psychologically safe and so Um, I'm proud of you for like keeping yourself safe, but also being open to it. I think that's like really cool because a lot of people after having their heart broken or trying something um, would just like not, especially knowing our background in religiosity and how it's supposed to be person A, person B, and then that's it for the rest of your life. Like Mm -hmm. giving space for multiple loves in your life is like a revolutionary way of thinking a hundred percent and i mean that's what i think you and i've talked about before in person of friendships especially the more close and intimate ones that you've built can really fully fulfill a lot of those needs uh in mm-hmm. your life to feel those kind of 
emotional connections and gaps in life and things like that. And then, you know, any additional physical side of things that someone could potentially bring to like, it's a fine balance. And I think that's where I'm like, what does a relationship like look like? What does, you know, being friends look like? What does any sort of connection look like? Um, but I also feel like it's really important to maintain a positive environment for yourself, which is why I've kind of been approaching the apps in a different way, approaching dating in a different way, because I don't want to constantly be thinking about the next swipe or if someone's messaged Mm -hmm. me or not. So like you talked a little bit on the previous episode about how different aesthetic and misogynistic things trickle into queer dating culture, um, mask presenting versus femme presenting, presenting top bottom verse, like all these different things like that lead, sometimes lead with sex, but also lead with like things that may not be ideal or healthy for finding a truly intimate connection. Like, how do you feel about that now with this newfound interest in being intimate and vulnerable, but also protecting yourself? Like, what does that look like for you? Can you expand on that just a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So like, how do you see those tropes playing out in your dating experiences? Right? Like, And it goes back to the commodification question, right? Like being a commodity versus am I objectifying someone else? Like being aware of it is one thing, but seeing it in real time sometimes can be challenging. And so I guess my question really would be, how do you make sense of that intellectual knowledge, knowing that there are these challenges within the queer community that aren't healthy and still being in the queer community and wanting to experience care and love and intimacy there. Like how do you bridge those gaps? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like it's taken time to not only see it, but then recognize it and then being actionable about how I present myself and how I interact with others. Um, I touched a little bit on this in the last episode too, about handling rejection and also handling disinterest and like being able to express that and also outside of that being honest about yourself and like what you genuinely are looking for or what you're into or what you're interested in what you're not interested in but then not being a jerk about it either you know so I think seeing it if I had to like break it down those points of seeing it recognizing it and actionably moving forward I see a lot of people on the apps where they're like, I'm only looking for this, or I'm only into this. If you don't have this, don't message me, you know, and, or if you're not X, Y, Z, if you don't look a certain way, if you don't act a certain way, or if you do act a certain way, like don't message me or message me. Like it's very, it's common. There are several profiles that say that, but um, when you start seeing it and then the recognizing bit is trying to understand what does this mean for that person? What does this mean for your interaction with them? If you do decide to try to interact with them, um, trying not necessarily trying to break down like oh why do they feel that way but it's like seeing how their perception of reality is kind of like coming across in this way and how does that convey their intentions and what are my intentions and then the actionable side of things is for me at least I just try to 
be authentic to myself. And what I mean by that, that's a really vague statement. But what I mean by that is like, if I have an intention to connect with someone based on how they appear or present, like I try to pull myself back a little bit more and try to, again, see through the phone a little bit more. Again, not trying to invest a ton of time because again, it is very tough, like emotionally taxing to do that on an online dating app, but trying to be more understanding that this person has given only so much information about them um, and to not judge them based on what they're presenting and understanding that like they are a whole individual on the other side of that phone. And I don't know, does this, is this yeah, making any no, sense? Yeah, that's totally, because I think like, you know, sometimes we, we, you kind of question like, who is this app for? Who is this profile for? Right. Like we're on these mm-hmm. apps, we're on these screens and you pick a certain amount of pictures. You pick, Is it for me and what I want to have? Or is it for the gaze of someone else and what they might perceive as being attractive? Like you kind of like weigh those two categories to figure out what you're going to put online and what you're not because you're making choices, right? You fill out certain words, you say certain things and some of them are just preferences, but then also some of them are like, I want to attract someone who would be interested in this. So I'm going to make sure that I look the most cute in these photos and like, oh, this is good because it shows my personality. Like, you know, like you've got a killer t-shirt collection. So it's like cool to like see you in like different types of t-shirts and like all that kind of stuff. So I was just, I was just going to riff off of that and just say, I think you really hit the nail on the head with that because I think it's not only then how you present yourself, like you're saying, but then how people are perceiving that and just making your expectations clear as much as you possibly can. Cause you, you know, digital communication, I always tell people that I learned this in my communications class back in college. There's like four steps of communication. It's what you think, what you say, what they hear and what they interpret. And when you add a digital barrier in the middle of that, that just like mm. clouds everything up. Um, but I want to reemphasize too, I'm not saying that people shouldn't have preferences, that people shouldn't, you know, not have an idea or a semblance of what they're actually looking for online. What I'm saying is, is that that doesn't give you a right to be a jerk. <laughs> that doesn't give you a right to be homo, like transphobic or um, hate on people who are HIV positive or be racist or anything like that. Like you can have your preferences, but also not be rude about things either. Like, I don't know, like, it, it's a very fine line yeah. to walk, if you understand, like, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, a preference is one thing, but making it a normative preference for everybody is something completely different. Right, and I think some dating apps have removed the filter of race. Like, you can put your race down, I think, still, potentially. I don't know if it's on every mm. app still, but some of them, I think, specifically Grinder and others, have made it so you can't, like, just filter flat out, like... I want somebody who's this tall, which you can do like height, age, if they're online right now. But I think they removed the race filter specifically, uh, I think during 2020, you know, and like the rise of awareness of being black in America and things like that. Um, So they removed that, but that doesn't limit people from being racist on the ass by any means. So that's, yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think it's like anything else. It's an extension of the world we live in. So racism exists online in the world. Um, let's get a little back lighthearted because we went real deep there real quick, which I love. It's my favorite thing. Um, You know, you know, I like a deep. (laughs) 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 Um, 
So what do you want out of a man and what's the best way to slide into your DMs? I'm playing oh matchmaker gosh. now. Can oh we? my gosh. Well, okay. I'm going to start with that second bit of what's the easiest way to slide in my DMs. Because um, <laughs> I feel like it's really attractive when someone asks questions and when someone is genuinely interested. Because I love to ask questions. I love getting to know somebody. And so I also love asking questions where it's not a binary answer of like, yes, no, or the answer is already just like one or two. I love yeah. when to ask like, why is it? Or how did this happen? Or something that's going to keep the conversation going, right? Like, don't ask me what my favorite color is. That's like easy, right? Like, but you know, tell me about your favorite day. Like what, you know? Exactly. One of my favorite questions is like, what song is currently on repeat for you and why? Just because that like immediately tells me what are you currently listening to? What kind of theme do you like? What is like your anthem right mm -hmm. now? Um, for me right now, I am listening to Kelly Clarkson's Divorce album. <laughs> Which I need to listen to so badly. I have not so made time good. to do that. There's so much music that came out over the summer. So I am like... So it's behind. so good. And okay. Kim Petras also dropped an album, which is also I, Which you have sent to me twice now. I love you. <laughs> and, and now I'm like, I need to get into it. Like, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Oh, my God. Adding it to the list. So ask questions. Be inquisitive, right? I think that's the thing. Like, and that actually is the basis, I, I would say, of a good partnership with any friend and any intimate connection, um, especially a romantic one, is be curious about your partner. Like, be mm -hmm. curious about the person that you want to spend time with and keep asking questions about what are they into? What is this like? And meet them in that curiosity. It, it's That's a great start. I love that. You do ask um, good questions also. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And to continue with that, I also, you know, really appreciate confidence. You know, I do talk a big game sometimes when I'm online and I'm mm, like, mm, look at me do you. <laughs> You um, talk a big game, huh? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Girl, you're wild out here. You're wild out here. Listen, um, no chill, no chill. <laughs> a couple of the quick things I will say is that if someone has to change plans or things change, like suddenly, like I'm like own it, just own it, and tell mm. me. Use your big boy words. Use your big girl words. Use your big like. Fem mass presenting words, whatever you want to say. Use your big words and uh, just tell me if you need to change plans and don't come up with some crazy excuse. Like, if it, I mean, I cannot judge anyone's excuse. Like, if you give me an excuse, I have to respect that and respect that that's a boundary right there. But at the same time, like, I just appreciate when someone's direct versus ghosting or moving yeah. past. But at the same time, I have ghosted before, but you know, I appreciate when, like, so I'm not perfect in this by any means. But I just appreciate when people use their words and actually try to communicate their intentions. <laughs> so we didn't talk about this, but like ghosting in general, I think I have found that there's different levels. I, I, this is a theory and it hasn't been tested. So I think there's different levels of ghosting. Ghosting to me is like truly when you have been communicating on a regular basis and then all of a sudden you just stop talking, right? Like maybe you go out on one date Maybe you like send a few texts back and forth or you're consistently messaging or whatever that looks like. And then all of a sudden it's like that person isn't responding and you're like, I don't understand. I think the other part of that though is that could be like vaguely ghosting is like you just don't have anything in common and the conversation just ends. 
you can only do so many like what are you doing do you want to meet up you know what i mean like oh my that's God. just that's boring. so draining that's so boring it's like 100%. why am i on here like why are you talking to me you have nothing to say like you didn't a- you mm-hmm. didn't ask a question you're clearly not that interested so like or maybe you're just not a good conversationalist i don't know whatever it is but those are that that the latter to me is not ghosting that's just the conversation ended Okay, I appreciate that breakdown because I would say I am much more that than the actual. Like, if I'm communicating with somebody regularly, I do try to be more clear about my intentions if I don't want to continue to yeah. pursue anything. But I would say I'm definitely much more like the if nothing's happening, if this conversation is going right, if I haven't actually met you in person yet, like I'm unmatch, of... delete, <laughs> moving on. Exactly, and I think people need to not. I mean, I used to take texting super seriously. A side note to this to like wrap up this point notifications stress me out combined with the vibration of my phone whenever I get a message or a notification. So like, and I will say studies have found that that like impacts your mental health and also can like be addictive depending on what you're doing. So I basically mute all of my texts and all of my social messages. unless if I know I'm going to be seeing or interacting with someone that day to make sure that I don't miss an update from them if they can't make it or if we're like trying to find each other. But mm-hmm. I used to be constantly on my phone back in college and I would text boys like every three hours, like asking them like, what are you doing all day? Like what you have for lunch? Oh, how's work going? Oh, how's your class going? Whatever the case may be. And there wasn't a lot of substance to talk about because we were talking the entire day. So with that said, I used to think that way a lot and now I don't. And I know that there are some people who think everyone's on their phone. You're on, you have your phone with you wherever you go. So you have no reason to immediately respond to my message the minute you see it. And I, that's like a big hell no for me now because I'm like, yes, I may be on my phone intermittently during the day, especially if I'm working, whether I'm on Instagram or if I post a story, you know, but that's like my brain break from working or like scrolling TikTok for like five minutes. But when I respond to somebody, it's because I actually have the mental capacity and I want to devote the time to intentionally have a conversation with them. But I, I can't deal with people who are like, you're on your phone or like they like are messaging me every hour on the hour to make sure that like I'm seeing their message or something like that. Like I used to think that way and that's okay that I used to think that way. And that's okay that they still probably think that way. But like the more I, I want to bring this topic to awareness that like, it's okay to grow out of that. (laughs) It's, it's giving anxiety. It's, it's giving like, I'm stressed out over wanting true genuine connection, but not really knowing how to facilitate or make it happen. What, when we're looking for a person for Mr. Harper, what are some, what are some, qual- I mean, I know what I'd be looking for for you, but I don't know, <laughs> it, I don't know if that's necessarily, I, I have a, a genuine curiosity of what I think you would be helpful to enhance your life as your friend. But what are your, what are your preferences, your top five? Top oh five. my gosh, top five? Okay. I don't know. Maybe see. you have more. Do you have more? How many do you have? I think I only have one, two, because you gave me this question at least so I can think about mm. it. So mm-hmm. I have one, two, three, four, and then like 4.5 is a sub. Okay. So. <laughs> so four and a half. Well, we'll keep the half one as like just in case. <laughs> like just oh in case. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I would say. In no particular order. In no particular order? Okay. Um, oh, do you have them ranked? Are they prioritized? No, not necessarily. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay if they are. I mean, I don't know which one I want to start with. Okay, I'll start with this one. So 
I really appreciate when someone like, okay, so I am currently as of recording this, I'm 28 years old. I appreciate that I can live by myself and I pay my own bills. So I would equally appreciate that if someone else who like, you have your own place, you can pay mm-hmm. your rent or your mortgage, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you have a house, like that's pretty cool. Like I don't currently have a house and that's fine. Also having potentially the funds to travel a bit if you want, because I would love to travel with a partner. And then the next point is someone who takes care of themselves and their space. So meaning that they don't have to be ripped. They don't have to be physically this, you know, muscle God by any means, but I but that really helps. Would love... no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's it's nice, it's nice, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone who understands their body and eats mm. well and physically takes care of themselves has good hygiene. You don't have to have perfectly straight teeth, but I should be able to see immediately that you know how to brush your teeth. I cannot believe that as a standard. Like, know how listen, know how to brush your teeth is like on the list. Like, I mean, I get what you're saying. You want someone who takes care of their body, who understands that, like your health is your like is a good place to start with your livelihood. Like I, that's what I hear you saying, but there's really men out here who don't know how to brush their teeth. Like, is that a thing? That's a thing. Girl. Oh my gosh. It's a thing. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So with that, so financially like responsible, someone who takes care of themselves, takes care of themselves, both physically Yes. And their space is what I was going to mention space. too. Like yes. your space is your sanctuary and it, spe- it says a lot if you are not comfortable in your space. Like if you leave it extremely messy to the point where then you're out of your house constantly. Like I love being home. And I do love my space. I do like going out. But if I don't feel comfortable in my space, like my place is never a hundred percent clean. It is very immaculate though. I will say, I mean, you've been to my place, you know, it's yeah, pretty, it's pretty, pretty dang clean. clean. <laughs> yeah. But like okay. there's, you know, I could, dust a little bit more probably i mean i don't know but (laughs) (laughs) um but i just appreciate when someone actually takes care of their space and they put intention and thought to their space but someone who is curious about life i love going Mm. to art museums and galleries at least you don't have to necessarily like art and galleries but like have a passion have something that you're constantly looking for in life Uh, be like a more rounded individual i'm such a libra i'm such like let's have balance um (laughs) (laughs) for sure the last one is like for the 4.5 one where someone who's just good in bed, you know, so like I, I don't take sex all that seriously. I like sex, but I would like someone who I can have fun in bed with and be adventurous and try some new things every so often. But I think that goes back to like this, the balance and the curiosity and like, like that to me is so good because that is where we as adults can be playful really like that's mm-hmm. a space where we should be playful right and like safe and be able to be vulnerable and have consent 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 and like and be able to say the things that you know your deepest desires and wants and like that to me is not 4.5 that's five okay like that's that's the that need to be number one no playing because it was a particular <laughs> order but no, I mean, yeah, you want, I, I, I think it's healthy to want that for sure. Especially for folks who, I mean, I don't want to make it like queer versus not, but like, I, I just feel like it's so good to that. I could see how I want to say this carefully, but I could see how that could elevate your overall connection because 
there's like another level of freedom and exploratory nature like that might be spicy and unexpected. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Am I saying I that? Like, I, I don't want to sound like weird about it, but I just, yeah. No, I, just, I totally get where you're coming from. Okay, um, okay. I, I really agree with you and hear where you're coming from with that because I, I feel similarly. I also feel that sex is heightened in a positive way if I have kind of an intellectual connection with someone mm-hmm. and have built that. Like, I used to think sex was just kind of one road in a way, especially with my upbringing. But since then, I've kind of underst- like grown to understand, for me at least, it's, it's more broad than that. You know, I... I this is just my opinion. I feel like there's sex just to have sex. There's sex with someone you may just briefly have met or are kind of getting to know, but then there's like sex with a close individual in your life, whether that's someone you are continuing to get to know or, you know, friend with benefits situation. And then there's like sex with a partner, someone that like you're continuing to build with a relationship with and sex kind of like adds to that relationship or that can help cultivate, but not be the sole thing mm-hmm. in the relationship in a way you know so like i feel like there's various levels to it but i think you're right people need to feel comfortable asking for certain things potentially during sex need to feel comfortable voicing things if they don't feel comfortable during sex it's it's a lot sometimes and people don't know all the time yeah and i here's my disclaimer if you do not feel comfortable saying no to something like get out of there again consent like nobody should feel pressure one way or the other and i think that folks deserve to have a space where they can be playful and adventurous and maybe push the spicy envelope a little bit i totally agree so i've been clearly <laughs> overthinking that for weeks so. <laughs> Okay, well, those are all my questions. You did so good. Thank you for letting me take over. This was fun. Oh my god, this was so much fun, and also just very <laughs> revealing too. Because I'm just like, I know. Whoa. <laughs> all right. Well, we have had the best time. Thank you so much to all of the listeners who have supported the podcast, not just in this episode, but all the episodes previously. If this is the first time you've queerly overthought with us, we would love to hear you um, your review. And if you didn't like it, then just go ahead and keep scrolling. But we also have plenty of episodes in the back that you can keep looking and listening to for future reference. My name is Cass Cooper, and I am the proud producer of Queerly Overthinking. Adam, thank you so much for having us. Oh my gosh, thanks, girl. Love you. (laughs) Queerly Overthinking is produced by Adam Harper and Cass Cooper. It is edited by Adam Harper with audio mixing by Necessary Outlet Productions. You can follow Queerly Overthinking on Instagram at Queerly Overthinking and find more at www.queerlyoverthinking.com. 